to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another great day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Well, I tell you, the Lake Geneva area never ceases to amaze me for so many reasons, but one of those reasons is the creative and talented people we are lucky enough to have here who bring these incredible events for all of us, you know, locals and tourists alike to enjoy. And yes, even in the winter, the winter has become just as great as the summer up here in Lake Geneva. And last year, we were lucky enough to experience something brand new and fabulous here that took place at the Yerkes Observatory in Williams Bay. And it was the world's tallest glass tree. And people were so amazed by it. They're so intrigued. They had so many questions. And this year, everybody's like, is it coming back? Is it coming back? And, and tons of questions again. So um, yes, it is coming back this year. Happy to announce. And today, we're lucky enough to get some answers from all the intrigue and the questions from the people responsible for this new wonder, Rob Elliott and Jason Mack. Welcome, both of you. All right, thank you. So before we talk about how this whole idea came to fruition, can you explain exactly what we're talking about here for people who have not seen this and have no idea what we're talking about? Absolutely, so we build the world's tallest glass tree at Yerkes Observatory. Um, the way we build that is uh, we collect beer bottles and wine bottles from the community starting in mid-November. Um, and then through uh, artist Jason Mack's design, we take all that glass, melt it down in the furnaces, and we pour it over a 31-foot-tall steel spinning structure. And at the end of the event on the 17th, we top it with a five-foot hand-blown glass star. So it ends up with about 3,000 pounds of glass on the on the tree. Oh, my gosh. So Jason, who's sitting right there next to you, you're the artist. And Rob, were you in, in the idea of it from the beginning? You're kind of like the producer of it all. Like, what are your two different roles? Obviously, you're doing this together, but. Yeah, absolutely. So Jace, like you said, is the artist. Um, I'm the producer. Um, so I, I make sure uh, you all know about the event and, and make sure the event happens without a hitch and um, and responsible for everything on the, on the other side of it. Um, so yeah, it's a collective effort. We've been working together for a long, long time um, since uh, junior high, to be honest. We've got a lot of vision behind this, these projects and um, we work really well together. So who all of a sudden said, let's do the world's tallest glass tree? Like where did this idea even come from? So I, I developed the the process for making the tree. It's, it's kind of like making cotton candy. We really were spinning the glass around this spinning steel armature. So, I mean, I originally came, came up with this technique to make abstract sculpture when I was in college at Illinois State University. So back around 2006, 2007. And then, you know, Rob and I started talking about doing a Christmas event. So I was like, well, we could use this process to create a Christmas tree. And, you know, the first one we made back in Bloomington, Illinois, because we both graduated from Illinois State University around 2007. So we had this big abandoned warehouse that we occupied and we decided to do a Christmas event. So the first one we built was only 12 feet tall. It was kind of an experimental to see if the, how the process worked. And um, it's been growing every year since then. So then the next one we did in 2009, 2010 was about 20 feet. And then we took a break from the project. Rob was traveling around with his fiance and my wife and doing some traveling. And I 
started doing other projects. And then in 2020, I decided to bring the Christmas tree event back. I honestly, I just got on Google. I was like, you know, if I'm going to build a glass Christmas tree. I was like, I wonder if anybody else is building a glass Christmas tree of, you know, their own design. So I just literally Googled it. I was like, world's tallest glass Christmas tree. It turns out there was an artist that claimed that. He's a uh, Venetian artist. He works on the island of Murano. A lot of people might be familiar with that. And he created this blown glass assembled version of his own tree. And uh, his was 27.5 feet. So I was like, well, if I'm going to build the tree again, I've, I've done a 12 foot version and a 20 foot version. I was like, I'm going to do a 31 foot tall version for you know this iteration of it. So that's kind of how I landed on the that that height and uh and so we've been growing it every year and yeah with the star you know it tops about 36 it's going to top top about 36 feet this year with the star so we've been making the star bigger every couple of years uh, so have you ever contacted the guinness book of world records like could you be in there now i mean you you pretty much uh left the other guy there's some red tape to get across with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yes, I did contact him about it, but there's there's kind of a process for it. And it actually, uh, when you're doing it as an event with sponsors and promoting it, and there's, you know, kind of an, uh, an economy behind it, it's... Basically, you have to pay to be in the yeah, book. Oh, gosh. Like everything else, <laughs> right? Of, uh, it's not as easy as you call someone comes out and get in the book. <laughs> yeah, if you want to use their name and their likeness and their logo and your marketing and your advertising, there's... There's a lot to it. So, you know, on the, on the other yeah. end, if you're just eating hot dogs, as many hot dogs as you can eat in one minute, and you're not, you know, there's no there's no finances behind it, then they'll put you in the book for a five dollar <laughs> application fee. But if you want to use their, you know, their name and their likeness to to promote an event to something that there's, you know, some sponsors and finances behind, then that gets kind of sticky. So, we are the world's tallest glass Christmas tree, but it is not in the book as of yet. Well, please keep doing that and don't eat the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd much rather have this beautiful tree. <laughs> so from, from start to finish, how long like does this process take? And when are you actually starting it and finishing it? We will, we'll be adding glass through the duration of the event. So the event happens during the first three weekends of December, starting on, uh, was it Friday, December 1st? So every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, between Thanksgiving, well, between December 1 and Christmas. And it takes all nine days of the event to add glass to the tree. So we'll be spinning the tree, wrapping glass around it all nine days of the event. Uh, we get our first layer of glass from the bottom to the top. Usually in that first weekend, we'll have, you know, our first layer of glass from the bottom to the top. And then after then, we just kind of start at the bottom again and start adding layers and then once we do get that first layer of glass, you can actually come to the event and we let you, we, we'll gather some glass out of the furnace on one of our gathering irons, hand it to you. And then it's a game of trying to get the, the glass to the tree without it dripping to the ground. So it's kind of a fun activity. Um, so if anybody wants to come and, and put some glass on the world's tallest glass tree, there's, there's a great photo opportunity. It's a lot of fun to do with your kids and your family. We've had, we had kids as young as five, I mean, your son did it last year, your daughter did it last year, Rob's daughter did it last year, she was what, five at the time? Four last year. Four yeah. last year, so the youngest person that put glass in the tree last year was four years old, and we had some people up in their 90s, oh, wow. I believe, so 
I went last year and I think I picked the coldest day, but oh, it was such, <laughs> such a cool thing to watch. And, and like you said, great photo opportunities too. <laughs> so you're saying you start with basically glass bottles, right? I, I mean, where do these come yeah. from? How can the community help you um, gather the glass? Yeah, absolutely. So we drop collection bins in Williams Bay and also in Fontana this year. And we're going to, and then at, at Strategic Materials in Delavan. And what we do is we ask the community to bring any restaurant grade glass. So that means bottles, jars, beer bottles, wine bottles, baby food jars, pasta sauce jars, all that kind of stuff. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to take the labels off of it, but bring that, put it in the receptacle. Last year, we collected over eight tons of glass. It takes us just about 3,000 pounds to build the tree. And then every all the rest of that glass ends up going um, back into the recycling community here in Delavan, and then gets produced back into bottles and jars over in Burlington at Ardall. Um, so it's it's a direct source for for that glass to make it right back into the manufacturing world if we don't use it on the tree itself. Um, so it's really it's it's a lot of fun. A lot of people have been contacting us all year long about, you know, we're saving our bottles. We're excited to bring the bottles down. So starting November 15th, um, we'll have collection bins in Williams Bay and Fontana. Oh, great. I bet you'll see a lot of a lot of support from the community because I've seen online already people are saying, where do we bring our glass bottles to? How can we help? And because they're so happy yeah. that you're back doing this again this year. So so you're starting with these bottles and you're and it's basically you're melting them down and then spinning them. Is that how the process works? Yes, I've got a custom built furnace I made. It's uh, I converted a, a horse trailer to haul the furnaces around. So I've got a, a furnace capable of capable of melting 300 pounds of glass per day. Uh, so we crush the glass up, shovel it in the furnace, and uh, we don't want the, the paper labels just burn right off. You know, any if there's any contents left in the container glass, it'll just burn up in the furnace. And um, so we crush the glass. And I usually sort it. Uh, we usually do about a 50-50 mix of green and clear. So if you use all green bottle glass, like wine bottles or Heineken, Rolling Rock, whatever green bottles. You have olive oil bottles that are typically green. So we, if I use 100% green glass, the tree would be quite dark. So I usually do about a 50-50 mix of green and clear glass, which basically looks like I have a barrel of 55-gallon drum of green glass, 55-gallon drum of clear glass, and I'll just uh, steal a shovel, scoop one scoop of clear, one scoop of green, and we'll charge the furnace over about a four-hour period until we have 300 pounds in there. And then the glass, we let it sit overnight, so it, it melts overnight, and then it's ready in the morning. So we'll go through 300 pounds a day, charge the furnace, which means shovel the glass in at the end of the day, and then it's ready in the morning. So, I mean, do you guys sleep during this? <laughs> like, do you have to be there? It sounds like somebody has to be watching this, right? <laughs> well, the furnace doesn't need, you don't need to babysit it. I mean, it, it's running, and it's it's there's no need to, you know, it's, it's outside, it's in a steel trailer outside. There's no, there's no real hazard running equipment, you know, and in that environment. So there's, and I've got furnaces running at my, my glass studio, my home studio in Champaign, Illinois, 24 seven. So it's, I think the longest I've ever had a furnace running continuously is about a year and a half. So they're, they're pretty reliable. 
I mean, you, you know, listening to you talk about the process, it, it sounds um, not easy, but seamless, you know, no big deal, because of <laughs> course, you know what you're doing. You had to have encountered some some obstacles along the way, and you know, in doing this and last year being your first year here, what obstacles have you encountered? Well, one of the one of the biggest ones when, you know, we may started making the tree up to 31 feet is that getting the hot glass 31 feet up in the air was the biggest obstacle. So previously when we made the 12 foot version and the 20 foot version, we could use like a, a if you've ever seen those steel staircases they have at like Sam's Club or Costco, they're like picker staircases. Mm -hmm. You can get those up to 12, 13 feet tall. So I could just the furnace would be in the trailer, I'd gather the glass up, walk, you know, 12 feet up the staircase, and then I'd be standing on the top, and then I've got a four-foot pole. I could get the glass up to the tip of the tree, just kind of running up the staircase. Um, but when we went to 31 feet tall, we, you know, it wouldn't be safe to have scaffolding or stairs. So by the time you got that high from the ground, the glass would be too cold to wrap around the tree. So what we ended up kind of figuring out was that we uh, could use a scissor lift and then we can, I can take the scissor lift up to any level on the tree. And then our, our friend Hopper, who's a machine operator, a heavy equipment operator, he um, uses the telescoping forklift. So I, I take the scissor, I pull the scissor lift up to the tree, ride up as high as I need to go. And then he takes the, the telescoping forklift, brings it up to me, up to the one end of the lift. So on one end of the lift, I have the furnace. On the other end of the lift, I have the tree. And um, so it's just kind of like a working platform that you can, you know, work at any height with the furnace right there with you. So basically he's saying he lifts the furnace up in the air when it's full of hot glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm suddenly worried about the two of you. <laughs> You're not the first. <laughs> well, thanks for taking all the risks so that we can enjoy this. <laughs> well, they a lot, a lot, a lot easier and safer than going up and down a 12 foot staircase. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so so many of us you know we saw the tree go up but we didn't see it come down what what do you do to take it down when the event is over yeah so it's uh i guess more of a barbaric process than people imagine it we really just so the, it's basically what we have at the end is a, a spool of glass it's really uh, like a giant spool of glass so we put on thick leather gloves and just pull the glass off of the frame and it's kind of like dealing with hay really i mean it's a messy process there's a lot of sweeping involved so we pull the glass off the tree and put it in totes and then i take those totes back to my studio and i turn those that use reuse that glass so we'll shovel that back into the furnace and then i'll make a bunch of small glass christmas trees so the commemorative ornaments and then the frame just comes disassembled. You know, we kind of travel like the like a carnival ride, really. You know, it comes disassembled. We put it back it on the back of a trailer, put it in a shed until next year, and then all the glass gets reused to make small trees that people pre-buy at the event, or you can pre-buy them on the website at worldtellusglasstree.com. And that's really what happens with the tree. Is it? It's there's kind of this whole life cycle to it. You know, the bottles come into us, crush them, melt them, spool them up on the tree and then pull it off, remount it, and then spin it into small glass Christmas trees. For people who have not been to this, can you explain how they can see the tree? How do they get there? What do they wear? How do they dress? You already said it's for people of all ages. You know, how yeah. long is the, how long do they stay? Is there anything else to do while they're there? Absolutely. So um, you'll want to dress warm, no doubt. 
And what you'll do is you'll park at the high school, at the Williams Bay High School. It's across the street from Yerkes Observatory. And when you park there, there will be a, a, a fee per vehicle. And then after you park, you'll hop on a free heated holiday trolley and you'll get a uh, informational trolley ride over to Yerkes Observatory where the actual tree is being built. Um, and when you get dropped off of the trolley, uh, there'll be a large maker's market, a winter market, where there, um, it'll be full of uh, handmade glassware from, from matte glass. It'll uh, woodworking, leatherworking, all kinds of fun um, food and drink options in there. And that's a heated tent. That's a 40 by 80, basically a big circus tent, and it's it's heated. Um, so it is it is pleasant in there. And then uh, you can walk up towards the tree, which is right on the north side of Yerkes Observatory there, and you'll actually see us building the tree. So when you show up on the first day, um, it'll be a steel frame that we're just starting to put glass on. By Like Jason said, by the end of the first weekend, there will be one layer of glass all the way up to the top. And then by the end of the three weekends, there'll be about 3,000 pounds of glass on the tree. And, you know, the event, just having been there, it, it is so easy. You know, it's like the trolleys come often. It's just a few minute ride over to Yerkes Observatory and everything is right there. And like you said, there's, a, you know, someplace heated to go to. It's 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 just it's it's all really easy to do and convenient. And um, you all have made it just, you know, such a pleasant experience for everybody. Uh, when can they start going? Yeah, so um, December first is the is opening day, and that um, from four to seven are the hours, and then on Saturday it's twelve to seven, and on Sunday it's twelve to five, and that's every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the first three weekends in December. So December first to December seventeenth, the star topping is at two o'clock on December seventeenth. That's where we'll actually use heavy equipment and the telehandler and be way, way, way up on the very tip top of the tree, uh, and we'll put a five foot hand-blown glass star on top of the tree um, as, a, as, a, as like the final, you know, star topping. <laughs> and this is other than you said, maybe a small fee for parking. This is a, a free event for right. anybody who wants to come and you're able to do that through your, your sponsors. And do you need more sponsors this year or next year? We're definitely still seeking sponsors and donors. It, it is a completely, you know, community-driven, sponsor-driven, donation-driven event. It is free to the community. It's something that, you know, the community brings us the glass to build this tree. And, and you know, it, there are obviously large costs involved with the, the event itself. But yes, we are still seeking sponsors and are always happy to work, work with people and work with businesses to see how we can all make this event even better and better for generations. And not only is it free, but you actually donate a portion to local charitable organizations. That's right. Yep. Every year we pick a couple of nonprofits um, that we work with and, and a portion of the parking fee and a portion of uh, the, the beer and wine sales will all be donated to charity this year. It is pretty amazing, isn't it? Just the way this community works, you know, just everybody working together and giving back to and creating this fabulous experience for all of us. And, you know, we're all so appreciative of it. Uh, so after you take down the tree and haul it away, what do you two do the rest of the year? <laughs> That's when we sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> uh <laughs> well, Jason, usually you go back to the studio and start yep. making those commemorative ornaments. Um, so he starts melting that glass right away. And, you know, the furnace, like he said before, the furnaces stay lit. So you, you kind of want to keep using them and keep 
making product out of them while while they're lit in order for it to be efficient. And then uh, myself, my family, and I live here in Williams Bay, so we will probably go skiing at some point in the in the winter and um, mm-hmm. do some traveling and and then uh, get back to enjoying the area. <laughs> There's so much to enjoy here. So for next year, I mean, this year, you already told us a, a little bit different things that you're doing. What are your plans for the coming years to, to are you just going to keep coming back? Are you going to keep trying to make it taller or add other events? Do you have have thoughts for the future? Absolutely. Um, I think we'll definitely need to make it taller in the uh, moving forward. Part of that limitation is equipment too. We need to we need to get taller equipment if we start going taller with the frame. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the event, we would love to bring in um, you know more enhancements and, and ways for you know people to be able to enjoy themselves. You know, maybe maybe an ice rink in the future or something fun like that would be cool. Like a train would be cool. Be a little choo choo train going around your piece. Mm. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> I love both those ideas. <laughs> we're going to have uh, a new addition this year is we're going to be doing a make your own ornament station. So we'll have two options for that. So you can either make an ornament using a benchtop torch. And uh, so that would be like a, a small icicle ornament or a pickle ornament, uh, something like that. And then we'll also have the more traditional furnace blown like orbs, the little globes, like a ball ornament. So you'll uh, we'll have options where you can choose your colors and we can make an ornament there right in front of you. Um, so that's going to be two kind of exciting uh, participation uh, activities we're adding this year. That is so cool. That's going to be very popular. I have the feeling. Yeah, and we're, we'll have details up on uh, world's tallest glass tree.com, uh, details on the workshops uh, up there soon. And then the commemorative ornaments, like I know you can buy them through your website. Is there any local places that will be selling them? Maybe Yerkes gift shop. Okay. Yeah, but, we, but, yeah. The the Geneva Lake Museum has uh, display down there in their gift shop, and that's um you know it's free to enter their gift shop, so definitely go check that out. Um, and the museum's awesome there, by the way, very cool. There's a couple other shops we're still working with, and we'll we will post those online on on the webpage once um once we have those displays finalized. Um, but yeah, more so uh, on world's tallest glass tree dot com. Um, and, uh, and macglass.com, uh, you can find some other variations of, of ornaments and, and glassware as well. Yeah. And it's M-A-C-K glass.com. Yep. Right. You know, and one last question that's pretty important. I forgot to ask is how did you choose that location for the tree? That was Rob's, uh, yeah, that was, uh, Rob's effort. It's a pretty <laughs> amazing location. Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those places that I'd always been, you know, you always drive by or walk by and kind of wonder what's going on in there. And um, through some great community members and, and friends in the neighborhood here, um, I was able to uh, get in there and take a look. And and from there, my imagination pretty much just ran wild. And that was back when it was under construction. And, um, you know, the question was, you know, what do you want to do here? And uh, I said, I, I, I want my best friend to build the world's tallest glass tree in front of this place. <laughs> and they kind of, they kind of said, what? <laughs> and then, uh, and then we got to talking and it, and it, it, we were able to make it happen. And and, it, and that's due to a large part of, of the staff and the community over there at Yerkes and, um, and, and just everyone in the neighborhood that's come together to make this thing possible. But it, yeah, it, it's kind of one of those places that I'd always wondered about, and it's so fascinating and intriguing, and I feel like that's 
it fits right along with the tree you know people find that fascinating and intriguing as well and then when you realize then when i realized it's home of the world's largest refracting telescope and they've got the world's largest collection of glass tile images of space and the cosmos and they discovered the milky way there it's like how could you not want to <laughs> be a exactly. part of this and, and and let other people you know become inspired by this place as well you know it's it's it truly is just a a, a marvel um and, and it, we're really fortunate to have it in the community here we are and i've done a couple podcasts about the observatory and i'm probably due for another one because so much has happened there just in the last year but it's so neat to be standing in front of the tree and then the backdrop being the observatory i mean it's just Absolutely. it's quite a picture <laughs> <laughs> so those are the good photo ops that people people are loving there exactly so. Well, I cannot thank you both enough for taking the time to be here and answering a lot of questions that people have out there. I know, like I said, I, I saw as, as soon as uh, you put something up there about coming back, the crowd's going wild out there. <laughs> and every, I mean, on every, on next door, on all social media, you know, and people just have questions and questions. So hopefully this will help answer them. You got a great turnout last year and hopefully it'll be even better this year, which I'm sure it will. So best of luck through this process. I cannot wait to go myself. And thank you for bringing us to the community. Yeah, thank you. And we appreciate your time today. This was a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. And and as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva and the wonderful people who help make it so special, like the two of you. I'm Karen Stray <laughs> Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now. I feel all right.